All right, so we, um, the, the dream was given to me on April 18th, early, early, early in the morning, which would have been, I believe, last Sunday morning. The dream began with ten cows. And then a voice came and he said, move to higher ground. The cows need to be moved to higher ground, up on the mountain. But no one acted, no one moved, the cows remained still, and they did not move. Scene two, there's been, something has happened, there's a mudslide, the ground is now mud, and instead of 10 cows, we have 70 plus cows stuck in the mud. They, now they need to be rescued, now they, now they need help. We had 10, now we have 70. These cows are stuck. They can't move. What happens to cows, bovine, when they get stuck in the mud? Their hooves get damaged. Without healthy hooves, a cow is not healthy. So even in the dream, within the dream, I saw their hooves, like there was just scene three, hooves <laughs> that were broken and damaged. Oh, so I'm getting further revelation right now. And I didn't understand because it looked like someone had gone in with some type of clippers. And I don't know anything about cow hooves, okay? But it looked like somebody had gone in with some kind of clippers and clipped out chunks of their hooves. This would be the wrong thing to do. This would be further damaging. This would not be healthy. This would be someone coming along and saying, you know what, I can help you. And further damaging, the Holy Ghost is bearing witness. Further damaging the cattle rather than helping them out and, and helping them heal. A damaged hoof needs to be uh, trimmed and it needs to be salved and helped to get back to health. And this was not what was happening. Rather, they were being clipped, chunks being taken out of their hooves, which would cause them literally what would happen is if the hoof is chunks of it are taken out, just like your fingernail. If I were to come and take out a chunk of your fingernail and we didn't smooth it out, it would split. It would go up in here. And if you didn't take care of it and you just keep walking around dirt and mud with it, what will happen? It's going to get infected. It's going to go into the bloodstream. You're going to lose your leg or your hand. <laughs> you're going to lose your hand. Then you're going to lose, and it's just going to keep going. Amen? So you can't have this. This is a bad thing. This is not a good thing. These, these um, hooves were treated wrongly. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I have several scriptures. The scriptures that I have um, just lined up in my notes are scriptures that tell you what cattle are for. What were cattle used for, what are cattle used for. So to save time, I'm going to give you the chapters and verses. If you want them after church, I'll show them to you again. But um, in Numbers, chapter 32, verse 4, you see where the cattle are used for sacrifices. So a cattle is called to lay down its life for the good of its master. Amen. Cattle were, cattle were used for sacrifices. Um, cattle are used to graze and, to, and for plowing. In uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, 19, they plowed the field. I hope y'all are getting this. I hope you're already getting it. The cows are sacrificial and they're used to plow. Yes, yes, they get to graze in green pastures. They get to graze in the king's pasture. But they're also used for sacrifice, and they're used to plow. They're used to carry heavy, heavy burdens. First, Chron 
first chronological mind <laughs> my phone changed it chronological but first chronicles chapter 12 verse 40 they were used to carry burdens heavy burdens anybody ever feel like they could help someone carry a heavy burden they help someone with the burden they were driven with pointed rods or goad in Acts chapter 26, 14, I believe it is, um, that was in Judges 3.31 is where they were driven by with pointed um, rods. In Acts chapter 26, verse 13, God spoke to the man of God and said, it is hard for thee to kick against the goats. You're being prodded and you're trying to kick against them. Right, Paul. Cows tread out the corn. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse nine. The Bible says there to not and and in verse uh, Deuteronomy chapter twenty-five, verse four, and as well as First Timothy five eighteen. Don't muzzle the ox or the cow that treads out the corn. Can y'all tell me who these cows are? Just a general term. Hmm? God's servants. They sound like ministers to me. Amen? God's servants. And, and uh, the last three where it says muzzle not the ox, that is that if there's all those references are referring to um, the ministers being supported by the ministry or wherever they go that the ministry would, is to support the ministers. But that's not what the sermon's about. It's just helping you understand that this is backing up the ministry. And what, what God is saying here, these are ministers. All right. Let's go to Amos. In this study, I read the entire book of Amos a couple of times. We're just going to be in Amos chapter 4 right now. Hear this word, you cattle or cows of Bashan or Bashan. They are in the mountain of Samaria, which oppress the poor, which crush the needy, which say to their masters, Bring and let us drink. The Lord God has sworn by his holiness that, Lo, the days shall come upon you, that he will take you away with hooks and with, uh, and with and your posterity with fish hooks. And you shall go out of the breaches, at the breaches, and every cow at which is before her, and ye shall cast them into the palace, saith the Lord. I'm going to read again. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan. These are the cows of Bashan or Bashan or however you want to say it, were the cream of the crop, so to speak. These were the bestest cows ever. These were well bred, well fed, well taken care of cows. Now, I've, seen, I've had a dream about this before, about the cattle of Bashan. I didn't know anything about cows in the Bible prior to that. Not, you know, never really thought about it. I knew some scripture, but never really, this one had never come alive to me before that dream. You see, these, these cows, 
have been, have been given everything that they need to be healthy, to be strong, to be the pride of, their, of the kingdom. Amen? The crown and glory. Cattle were considered, um, in, in back, in the, back in the day, if you had a lot of cows, you were wealthy. The more cattle you had, the more wealth you had. And the healthier and stronger those cows were, the more wealth you had. Amen? If you had a, a flock of bony, shriveled up, weakly, hobbly cows, sounds familiar, like cows at the end of the dream, then your wealth is gone. you got to work. you got to bring that back. you gotta, you got to do some stuff like Jacob did and do some repairing of those cattle to get your, your flock back up. So these cows are the best, the best of the best that are in the mountains of Samaria which oppress the poor and crush the needy and say to their masters, bring and let us drink. Now, are these cows, are these literal cows that Jesus, God's talking about here? No. Who's he talking about? Who is up here on this mountain and is oppressing the poor and crushing the needy which say to their masters, bring and let us drink? The children of Israel, God's chosen people. Are you not God's chosen people as well? Being born again, washed with the blood of Jesus Christ? Have God not gifted you and called you and given you a purpose and a calling in your life and given you gifts for his kingdom's glory? The best of the best. The Lord God hath sworn by his holiness that lo, the day shall come upon you that he will take you away with hooks and your posterity with fish hooks. And you shall go out at the breaches, every cow at that which is before her, and ye shall cast them into the palace, saith the Lord. Now the first dream I had about the Catalabation was about America. And I had no idea where America, what was happening with America at that time. It was just several, several years ago when we were back in the other building and the Lord gave me this dream about what's coming upon America. And, and, um, and America, was in that dream, was represented by the Catalabation. And they were literally just big, fat, beautiful heifers. And they were just laying up on this hill. And it was beautiful, cool outside. The stars were out. And they were just lazy. And they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. They weren't taking care of anybody. They were just and letting other people just... The poor and the needy, everything just passed by. And they were just... I didn't even care. There's another verse I wanted to read to if I can get my cross-reference real quick. Here it is. Um, Amos chapter 5. Just flip over to chapter 5. Verse 21. Everybody there? This is the Lord speaking. I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell your, smell your solemn assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Take, away, take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, for I will not hear the melody of thy vials. But let judgment run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. 
Verse 23, the Lord spoke to me about that specific dream as I mean that specific verse as being as a sounding brass and a tingling cymbal that, that people we, we come before him the church we come before him and we say oh we're so holy we're all washed in the blood of Jesus we're the holy you know the Bible says walk ye in holiness and we're holy and we come before God and we, we bring him all this stuff but are we allowing God just like in 1 Corinthians where we just read to be the center of our focus and our worship is it truly about God, or is it about our time schedule, how we feel, what we want to do? Is God leading any of us to go out on our own maybe once a week, or, or maybe God has said stop there and pray, and you didn't stop and pray? It can be the, the, something that you think is so silly. Drive up to Kalamazoo and just pray, and you say, that's a long way, Lord. I don't have gas money. I'm not going. Did you trust him? Did you love him? Were you willing to take the, make the sacrifice to do it? No. So you took it back and you left it. God was not going to receive your worship when you were not being obedient. Amen? He literally says in verses 21 through 26, 25, that he is, is done away with. He will not receive it. Look at verse 22. Though you offer me burnt offerings in your meat offerings. What were cattle? Meat offerings. meat offerings. I will not accept them, neither will I regard your peace offerings or your fat beasts. Your best of your best. I won't even receive it. Wow. God will not share his glory with another. You cannot have hidden sin, iniquity in your life. You can't say, I'm happy, I'm good right here where I am, and I'm not worried about anybody else, because I'm going to heaven, so I'm just going to hunker in, I'm going to stay right here, and expect God to bless you in it. Amen? And I'm going to warn you about something, because this is what the Israelite children did. Repeatedly, if you've studied the Old Testament, they repeatedly would count things as blessings that were not. Because they were the children of Israel. Because we serve the Most High. The Most High God loves us. He smiles upon us. He blesses us. So we can do whatever we want to do. So we're just going to do the things we want to do the way we want to do them. That's exactly what they were doing in Amos. They said, you know what? We're going to fashion our own religion. You know what? I like the way they worship Baal. So we're going to bring that in here. It's in here, right in here. Right in verse 25. But ye have borne the tabernacle... Of, of Molech and, I can't even pronounce it, Cayune, your images, the star of your God, which you made unto yourselves. Molech is Baal. Baal is the same devil, the same satanic false god that they were worshiping way back here when they built the Tower of Babel. The same one that... I mean, it's all, it's all the way from Genesis all the way through, every single time. It always points back to him. It's Baal. It has a different name, different little fashion, but every single, you look it up, research it, it always ties back into Baal. Right now, in today's society, in the churches all across the world, people are worshiping Baal. And if you put anything else before God, and God doesn't put his, he, God doesn't tell you to do it. 
He doesn't speak to the, to the body. The Holy Ghost doesn't bear witness to it. Then you can't do it. You can't just do it because it feels good or because everybody else has done it. Or that's what Grandma and Grandpa did back in the day. And they seem to be okay. I believe they went to heaven. You can believe what you want to. God will let you believe a lie and be damned with it, the Bible says. You can believe whatever you want. Go ahead. Choose it. Choose you this day whom you will serve. But for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Amen? That's what Joshua, all these J words, all these J guys. That's what Joshua said. And I stand upon that, and I always have. And people will come to me sometimes, and they want me to do stuff that they, the way they do it. But you don't understand, Devana. You don't understand. It's okay. No, it's not. God doesn't say it. It's not okay. If God said it, then that finishes it, and I'm done. I'm going God's way. Amen? Though none go with me, still I will follow. If that is not your battle cry, if that is not your heart's cry, then it needs to be. You need to hit your knees. You need to get before God and let the Holy Ghost deal with you. God is calling us to something interesting from what I understand. And I'm still praying about it. Because, you know, in my mind, in my conception of this, it's backwards. But God often does things that seem very backwards. Amen? Amen. He took, he took little Rudy David and made him king. He used this little tiny boy, you know, young man, skinny, scrawny, the Bible says he was Rudy. Right? And he was little. He was the youngest of all these, I mean, all these brothers. All these, all these brothers. His brothers, they had all these muscles, and they were done, they'd have been doing all this work all these years. And, he, and God chose David to slay the, the bear, chose David to slay the lion, chose David to slay the giant in the midst of all those mighty warriors of God. God's anointed was there, but God's anointed came from afar off to bring cheese to God's anointed army. And he gets to be the one. God chose him to, to slay that giant. Amen? Yeah. So get ready, y'all. I, I can't define it clearly for you just yet, but God is going to use this little David right here for something big. And it's not going to be for your glory. It's not going to be for our glory. It's going to be for the kingdom's glory. But God is telling us that this cannot happen. Amen? I called up a... A, a Christian brother of mine, and I was, and it was right after I had the dream, and, and um, and so I was going to tell him the dream, and I was going to send him the dream. And he said, "Well, tell me a dream." So I told him the dream, and he said, "Well, how many people are in your church? How many people are in this church? No, in our, if you were to count, like if somebody said, how many people do y'all have on a regular basis? How many people are in this church?" One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine counting Josh. There's another one somewhere. No. Maybe I was counting count John and Mindy, but not the baby. We had ten all together. And then this morning, just see, think about it, ten. There's a tenth one. Can't think of it right now. <laughs> this is all on tape. Isn't that great? Um, but but in the in the understanding of it, there were ten. And in the dream, there's ten cattle to start with. And in the end of the dream, there are seventy. It's multiplied by seven. Each one of us is multiplied by seven. 
if you don't move and do what God's telling you to do, it will be multiplied by seven. Look at your hand. Look at them. You want them to be clean when you stand before God? Amen. I want to be pure and white. Who can stand before God? Who can who can ascend the heaven, the mountain of God? But Him with a pure heart and clean hands. Amen. 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 It is the word. It's not just a song. You know, we ask the Lord to give us clean hands. He doesn't just give you clean hands. You work for it. Amen. We're on a battlefield. We are called and anointed men and women of God, and we have got to start acting like it. Amen? We are not called and anointed mamby, pamby, whatevers. You are called and anointed men and women of God. The Almighty, Jesus, left the heavens, the glory of all glories. He left the heavens to come down to here to shed his blood for you. Amen? Don't turn it off. Don't turn a deaf ear to it. Realize that you are blood-bought, anointed man or woman of God. Man or woman of God. I want you to look in the mirror when you get home and say, you call me friend. Not, not, not the person in the mirror, but to God. Lord, you call me friend. Lord, you bought me with your blood, Jesus. Lord, you have set my feet upon a solid rock. And you have made me a called, anointed woman or man of God, whichever you may be. Don't, don't slack off on it. Don't think, you know what, no, I haven't been a Christian long enough to be a man or a woman of God. Yes, you have. Lie, cancel. Don't receive it. Well, wait a minute. You know, my, my bloodline's maybe not so pure. It doesn't matter about your bloodline because your bloodline now is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? All, every single generational curse is canceled by the blood of Jesus flowing spiritually through your veins. Amen? Amen. You have had a spiritual Holy Ghost transfusion and you now are walking in the kingdom of God. Now you are the only person, you are the only one that can separate yourself from that. Nothing else, nothing else can take that away from you. You have a free will and a free choice to say, you know what? I choose this day to serve something else. I'll pick up Jesus on Friday. How long will he put up with that? Believe it or not, the Word of God says that He will not strive with you always. Amen? There comes a time where He's called and He's called and He's giving you chance after chance after chance and He says, enough. Proof positive. It's right here. Amen? Receive it or reject it. It's yours. When you go out and you're led by the Spirit to preach and to bring the Word of God to somebody or prophesy or just share the love of Jesus with somebody on the street, you do what you are told to do and leave the rest of it in Jesus' hands. You don't take that person and try to shape them and mold them into something that you want them to be. You say, thus saith the Lord, you drop you the Word, and you leave. Amen. Amen? Amen? Unless God tells you to stay, and He will tell you. Amen? Amen? He will tell you what to do, stay or leave. You drop the word, you do only what God has told you to do. Listen, this is a good example of, of, of hearing the interpretation of tongues. You can hear the interpretation of tongues, and guess what? You human, 
you're human, and so you have the opportunity to fancy it up a little bit. You can mess it up real bad. Yeah. So it's very important that you only bring forth what you have heard in the Spirit, or what you have seen in the Spirit. You only bring forth that much, because if you embellish it, then you have ruined it. Amen? You make the Word of God of none effect. And then you stand back up and you say, well, God won't let this word go out void. Guess what? It wasn't his word anymore because you made it yours. Amen? You have tarnished it. Same thing when God tells you to minister to someone. You make that, you drop it. You, in the Bible, you know, I'm using it's scripture, drop by word. You drop the word and you leave. Amen? Remember in John, Jesus dropped the word on all those disciples that were there. All those people were following. He dropped it. And a multitudes of them left. Amen? Multitudes of them said, uh-uh, I don't want any part of that. See you later, Jesus. Did Jesus go chasing after them and chase them down and run them down and say, no, 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 come back. Disciples, go get them. You know, throw your nets over them and pull them back. No. It was their free will. It was their choice. Amen? You get to choose. Will you be a cow that will hear the call of God and that you'll step up and you will let the love of God break your heart. That you will let yourself be humbled. That you will let yourself feel what other people feel. That is intercession. That is true intercessory prayer. When you go into prayer and you begin to pray and you don't know why you're weeping or why you're feeling some kind of strange pain and you just continue to pray and let Holy Ghost lead you through that and you call somebody up and say, you know, God told me to call you up and I'm not sure why, but I was praying earlier and my left toe was hurting really bad and, and now it's not. And they say, oh, praise God. I jammed my toe and it's not jammed anymore. Amen? It can happen. It happened to us this week. I got a text from a young lady and she said, I'm struggling with migraines today. I texted her right back in the middle of whatever it was I was doing. I texted her back. I said, migraine, stop right now in the name of Jesus. It wasn't even three, five minutes. She texted me back and she said, it's gone. It worked. So of course it did. <laughs> It's the blood of Jesus. It's not me. It's the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Uh -huh. Believe it and receive it. It is the word of God. All right. I've, heard, I've had people say before that they think I'm angry sometimes because they're not used to me preaching. They're used, they're used to me being nicey-nice, you know, the friendly person. And they see me preach and they think I'm getting angry. That's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that's when the Holy Ghost is on me strong and he's bringing forth something that's um, imperative, it's imperative. You understand? It's not me being angry at you. It is the Holy Ghost saying this is an imperative word of God and you, and you need to heed it. You need to receive it. Amen? Alright, let's flip over to Luke chapter 10 verse 1. This uh, number 70 is fixing to come to life. And I pondered it, I pondered it, and pondered it, and pondered it, because in my dream it was 70 plus, and I was like, Lord, it needs to be an even, you know, a round number. I don't understand, like, you know, 70 plus, 70 something cows. Which really it scares me more when it's 70 something than 70, because now it's multiplied 70 plus, 7 plus times. That's even heavier. 
All right, let's read. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whether he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse, nor scrip, nor shoes, nor salute any man by the way. And into whatsoever house you enter, first say ye peace unto the house. And if the son of, the, of peace is there, your peace shall rest upon it. And if not, it shall return to you again. And in the same house remain eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. That laborer is worthy of his hire is again a reference to muzzle not the ox that treaded out the corn, by the way. Interesting. Jesus, in this scripture, is sending out 70. Remember he started with about 12, right? He had 12 disciples. Then... In verse 10, chapter 10 of Luke, he sends out 70 plus. Different verses, different um, chapters, different. Well, if you read it in Mark or someplace else, it says 73 or 74. So 70 plus. So what is the 70 in our dream? It's more ministers. So you can either be multiplied by sick cows or you can be multiplied by healthy cows. The choice is yours. But part of this is, is that you've got to warn them to get to higher ground. These people, these are ministers that are already in existence, that are already called, and they've got to get to higher ground, and you've got to get to higher ground too. What does the Holy Ghost keep saying to us Friday night after Friday night after Friday night, and sometimes on Sundays? Come up higher. Come up hither. Come closer to me. Draw nigh to me. God is saying, come up higher. There's a higher plane. There's a higher place in him. He wants you now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not six months from now. God forbid. He wants us to there now. Amen? Amen? Why? Because he is coming soon, he said. The time is close, he said. Amen? Amen. Wake up. Wake up, sleepers. We don't have time. Those cattle in my first dream, the first time I dreamt about the cattle ovation, they were sleeping. They were taking a snooze out under the stars. Wake up, God says. We need to wake up. You think yourself as being small in the kingdom of God, but God says you are mighty. Little is much when God is in you. Amen? He has called you and anointed you for such a time as this, and he has got a plan for you, and you've got to step up and let him use you. You can't. We can't be lollygagging around and piddling and take playing tiddly weeks any longer. This is serious. We're in battle. Amen? If you're on the battlefield, on the front lines, how much time do you think you have to play games? In the heat of the battle. Do you think David stopped along his way, on his way to see uh, you know, Goliath is standing there, Goliath is calling names, calling Israel names, speaking blasphemies against God. Do you think that David stopped and maybe built a sandcastle? No. His mind was focused. He was set on defeat. Not his defeat, the defeat of the giant. 
He saw the end results. He knew he was called and anointed of God. He had seen the power of God move before, and he knew God was going to move again. And he was going to bring the victory. Do you know that God is going to bring victory? Are you expecting defeat? We have got to be willing to interact and to do what God has called us to do. And it's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to always be fun. But it's going to be awesome. It's going to be grand. It's going to be amazing. Because when God is in it, it always is. But when your flesh is judging the situation, your flesh looks like, oh, that's not cool. I, I didn't want to do that. Amen? But Holy Ghost, He makes it all amazing. When I look around sometimes and I see young people in here, young adults, and the Holy Ghost is moving on and they get tears all up in their eyes and it's like you, like you, you just see the amazingness of God moving in their lives. Just that one little moment that God is moving them from glory to glory. He's moving you from glory to glory. But we can't get there, y'all, if we remain complacent. You will be a tingling brass and a sounding brass and a tingling cymbal and not all you will ever be unless you're willing to step up and come up higher and allow mighty God to move through you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? When this message um, from Friday night was brought forth, the Holy Ghost just bear witness just so beautifully, just so powerfully. The Holy Ghost bear witness to it. Usually I'm the one that's bringing the message, the interpretation, so this was brought by somebody else, and the Holy Ghost just bear witness to the message that God had given Receive what the Lord is saying this morning. Receive the whole package. Don't pick and choose. Nowhere does he say, I, I lay a buffet table before you and you can take whatever you want and leave the rest. He does not say that. It's all there for a purpose and a reason for you to use for, for battle. Amen? So, this morning, as I was praying and getting ready for this sermon, trying to figure out exactly where God wanted me to go with it, exactly how, you know, and you can't, you can't figure exactly how God wants you to do it. Let me just tell you that right now, you're, it's not going to happen. It's going to come out differently. Never, never try to plan your sermon down to a T, because it's not your sermon. It's not your message, it's His. Amen? And this morning, also, as I was praying for this morning, I saw this. Well, this is interesting. There were five. There were five. I looked down like into an area, and there were five cows looking back at me. It was dark, and I could only see their eyes, but there were five. <laughs> so the Lord said there were five. And I immediately counted. ready to step up. Some of us are not willing to. But you've got to get, let yourself get broken and let God say, yeah, now's the time. Don't, you know, um, Paul told Timothy, don't let uh, people, no, no man despise your youth. Don't think you're too young. Don't think you're not old enough. You're not wealthy enough. You're not trained enough. All that does have a, have a place, but it's not any place when God's calling you. Amen? John, the revelator, John, they wrote the book of John, 
And 1 John and 2 John was the youngest among all the disciples. He lived the longest out of all of them. He got to write the book of Revelation. He got to write the book of John from his own perspective. He was the youngest. So don't think that you're too old. Which I'm sure Larry doesn't think he's too old. He's just having mom's already left, so I can't pick on her. See, don't think that you're too old for God to do this. Don't think that God's not calling you because maybe, maybe, maybe you think, oh, I can't go to the mission field anymore. I'm not, I'm not cut out for that, you know, anymore. Well, God's still calling you. God still has a purpose and a plan. Guess what? You ain't dead yet. Amen. Amen. But you're not promised tomorrow. So how much time do you have to lollygag and build, build sandcastles? See, Devonna has the coolest job, being a mom. She gets to build sandcastles and be anointed doing it. <laughs> but at the same time, she's like building Nehemiah's wall. She's got a sword in one hand and a sand bucket in the other. Amen? So don't think that God can't use you. Amen? Don't think for a minute that God can't use you right where you are. And don't think for a minute that God can't snatch you out of the place that you're in and put you someplace else. Amen? I know some of us are hoping for that. But you, it's all got to be in God's timing. When you hear him say, go, you'll know. Amen? Alright. You, you got any music? You got something you want to play while I pray? While we pray? I'm inviting everyone to pray. We all need to pray. We all need to get before God with this. Now, as the Lord was giving me the scripture for 1 Corinthians this morning, the part that really stood out, of course, was the sounding brass and tingling cymbal, but the other part of it was, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge. That's the part that just kept playing over and over in my head. You can have all the theologies, all the understandings. You can have, you know, you can, you can be plugged in or think you are. Have all the downloads, all the Google searches. You know, you know how to find out stuff. But unless you have the love of God... It's wasted. And unless it's taught to you in the power of the Holy Ghost, He can't bring it back to your remembrance. Amen? You can remember stuff. I remember a lady coming to our school when I was in high school. She could go around the entire room, you could, and there were 30-something kids in my classroom, and we told her our first and last name and something about us, and she remembered every single one. And she could mix them up even and still tell you. Because she had learned how to memorize things. That's not the same thing as Holy Ghost bringing things back that He has taught you. You understand? Let's pray. Father God, we just we thank you this morning, God. We thank you, God, that the altar of your heart is always open, Lord. Lord, that you made a way where there was no way. That the mercy seat is always open to us, Lord. And God, this morning, we, we throw ourselves on the mercy seat, Lord. God, we pray, Father God, that you would open our eyes to see 
all that there is to see, that our hearts would truly beat with yours, that they, our hearts would truly be broken for what breaks yours, Lord. And God, that we would truly allow you to move in us. God, that we're not dancing a dance where we're in the lead, but we dance the dance where you're in the lead. And that we always step where you step and follow where you lead. Jesus, let us never take it lightly that you shed your blood for us. Let us never take it lightly all that you paid for and all that you took, every burden, every shackle, every shame, every torment, every broken heart, every lie, every curse that was ever put upon us, everything that we could even can't even conceive, Lord Jesus, you took it all for us. You bore it all at the cross. You set us free. Lord, you didn't set us free just so we could sit here and look free and be happy. You set us free so we could run with this word. You set us free so that we could dance and share joy with the world. You set us free, Lord, so that we could worship the Lord of lords and King of kings in the beauty of his holiness, Lord. And you set us free so that we could be filled with your spirit. Holy Ghost, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Ghost, for leading us. We thank you for infilling us, for using us, for teaching us, for leading us and guiding us and preparing us for the coming day when we will meet our blessed Savior face to face. We will stand before him, shameless, spotless, and ready to be entered into all eternity with him. Father, we thank you. Lord, sometimes I feel that we pray this so much that it's almost redundant, Lord, but there's no redundancy in, in, in this. Lord, if there's anything, any spot, any speck, any moat in our eye, anything, God, that would separate us from you, anything that would separate us from understanding and hearing and, and reading in your spirit, Lord, God, we want to lay at your feet right now. God, I pray that you would show it to us, reveal it to us, Lord God. Lord, let us not come before you with dead works. Let us not put our trust in dead works. Let us not put our trust in, in the, the sounding brass and the tingling cymbal. Let us not put our trust in lies, but only in your truth, only in your perfect holiness, only in you, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord. We glorify your name, Jesus, and all the earth, Lord. God, we thank you, God, that you've chosen to make us a part and let us be a part as your glory covers this whole earth, as the, as the fields are truly white unto harvest. God, we pray, Lord, that you would send laborers into that harvest, Lord God. God, called and anointed men and women are God that are so full of the Holy Ghost, so full of your love, so driven by your compassion, Lord God, that they would do anything for you to see another person saved, another person filled, another person set free, Lord. God, we thank you for it, Jesus. Lord, we humble ourselves before you right now. God, we're just going to get quiet. And we're just going to seek your face individually, Lord. And allow you to move in our hearts and our spirits, Lord. Holy Ghost, have your way. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Shalom, God.